from the Funky Town Network. Sponsored by Leaves Book and Tea Shop. Welcome to The Barbershop, where local music people talk about local music stuff. I'm Matthew Bros, your host. We have an excellent panel of guests here today, starting on my left with... I'm Dustin Schneider, uh, bass player, photographer, and podcaster. That's right, of the uh, Jerry Jonestown Mask. That would be correct. We also have... Uh, Alan Brown, do the booking at Main at Southside, and also have a company called Spoon Productions. It's a concert promotions company. Yes, indeed. We also have... Simone Nicole, I'm a singer-songwriter. And finally, on my right. Um, my name's Simon Flory. I'm a singer and songwriter and a writer and a uh, budding auteur of sorts. The auteur? Uh, we're trying. That's it's a big a, word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big word. That's quite a, it's quite a plan you have there. Uh, <laughs> Working on it. So we've all been around Fort Worth for a long time. I think a lot of us have. And uh, I don't know how many of you know, knew Kevin Short. Um, it's a fellow that came to a lot of shows, and he had passed, and there was, I mean, to the point where he kind of merited an article in the Weekly about it, you know, because, uh, you know, he was a big supporter of, of local music, and I didn't know if any of you guys had contact with him, it was something, you know, somebody that you knew at all, or uh, it was just... Because I, I didn't know him well, I just kind I of... Did, yeah, I didn't know him well, but again... Yeah, he was a big supporter, so I saw him out at shows. Yeah. And also, uh, I mean, once it happened online, seeing how many people had amazing stories and things to say about him. Yeah. Definitely a loss, you can, you can tell. I think sometimes we, you know, we focus a lot on the performers, but I think it's important to recognize when fans, you know, these especially super fans who are at a lot of shows, uh, you know, it's it's good to recognize that they're out there doing what they. Because without them, we don't have anything to do. That's, that's <laughs> extre- yep. extremely true. Yes, we're so, very thankful for them. True. So, just going to give a give, give a shout out to, to Kevin Short. Uh, one thing that was interesting that I spotted was, um, so I know we all deal with the ASCAP BMI thing sometimes, and uh, with with venues. Apparently, ASCAP did a thing where they came down on about nineteen clubs in the area, one of which was Nickel and Rye in, in Dallas, and I know we've had stuff, you know, pop up here uh, where, you know, they've, they've kind of just decided to drop the hammer for whatever reason on a place that they didn't feel like was doing the thing, and I, I, I'm on both sides of this because I'm a BMI member, but on the other hand, I don't like to be told I can't play a place because they don't want to deal with getting shaken down by, by BMI and, or ASCAP or whoever it is. And I don't know if you guys had experiences with that, if that's a thing that, you know, I don't know if I'm the only BMI member, if you guys have. Well, I'm, I'm also you are. Yeah. BMI, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a member of ASCAP, so. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I get conflicted about it because I do want to get paid if I get played somewhere, but I also recognize that these guys are not out in all of these clubs listening to see if somebody plays <laughs> one of my song, which is going to be a rare event anyway, uh, you know, but I don't know. It seems as if you had something to say. But you uh, <laughs> I only had one experience. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out how all of that stuff works. But like yeah. years ago, when I was just starting out, uh, this bar that I was playing at, they got—I um, don't know if they got fined, yeah. but they definitely got a letter at saying that they can't have music anymore. Right. Um, yeah. And I don't know, that really sucked because they had music there all the time and it was like a really cool hangout. 
Well, and I had had it recently at Martin House because I used to play at Martin House on a fairly regular basis, and then they just kind of stopped doing it because of that reason. And uh, we've played uh, with Shotgun Friday. We've done these beer festivals and things where we've had to sign these waivers stating that we will not play any covers of any kind. And, and uh, Or even if we do play our own songs, which, of course, are covered by BMI, we have to promise not to play those. You know, <laughs> We have to just play the ones that aren't. And I, I say I understand what the performing rights organizations are trying to do, but at the same time, I kind of feel like sometimes it's a little bit overkill, when especially with small down? places. This was last month. Because oh, wow. it's very odd, because it seems like everything's been dead for a while and no one's really cared about it. Yeah. And to see that they just came down on a whole bunch of people at once, it's like, yeah. I they think just like I get hit my, North Texas and see what happened? Or? I get the impression that somebody was trying to make some numbers, you know, and mm, they end just... End of the year numbers? Yeah. yeah. A quota. <laughs> That, that's yeah. my impression. This is probably some dude who just, you know, found himself in a spot and needed to go put the hammer down on some people. But, again, I don't know. I wish that there was a more of an incremental system. Like, because it's always, the fees tend to kind of range around the thousand to thousand and above. There's there's some small, you know, increments. Yeah, what you would know, right, Alan? Yeah. Probably, yeah. They, in that. The, I... I, it's a gray area to me because I see the value in it for the artist. I think one of the disparities a lot of people talk about is, well, most of those fees are going to your Taylor Swifts, right. you know, yeah, and exactly. the, your, your artist that's, you know, working their way up a lot of times doesn't see a ton of that. Yeah. But for the flip side, you would think, yeah, sure, it's a big deal for a large venue, you know, or a Live Nation chain but for smaller venues you're treated pretty similarly yeah i mean it's 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 Seems a like huge it be a financial burden yeah because like a place like this let's say you know we're in leaves book and tea shop let's, let's suppose that they wanted to have somebody come in and play some songs you know that's not that doesn't need to be a thousand dollar a year <laughs> correct uh but but even so you know like i mean the point is i as far as i understand it the point is if somebody's making money off of your music you should get a cut of it Right? right, but but we need to talk about how much money is being made. Right, you know. Like yeah, because I, I think at the end of the day, everybody agrees with that yeah. sentiment. Right, but when there just needs to be levels. There has know? to be because a 200 cap venue that 90 percent of the music that is in there is original. Right, um, and then maybe 10 percent is covers. Yeah, you know. It's it's just really hard to have to cough, and also there's they bully quite a bit. Yeah, they do. They're gonna try and get the most money out of you, and if you don't care to negotiate or tr- it's kind of like a credit card. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can get that rate down if you really are stubborn about it. Really? You know. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As l- you, you you definitely wanna you definitely wanna some involve some dropping some credit knowledge on us. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> it's always good to have a f- lawyer friend. Yes, that, yeah, that you right. can bring into this, and they right. cool their jets quite a bit usually. Yeah. When, of course, I think that, you know, like I said, the small places are the ones that, of course, you know, they don't have lawyers and they don't have representation exactly. to do that kind of thing. But playing Which, covers live is such a gray area anyway. Yeah. There's so many weird rules and logistics mm-hmm. with it yeah. that for well, them just to yeah. come down with the hammer like that's very, very weird. Yeah, and I think what it is is the industry has been, been in such a state of flux for the last, what, 20, 30 years yeah. that that share of, the, of their income is dwindling and so I think they're trying to grab every little bit that they possibly can that's the 
nail on the head right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because a lot of people trying to justify their jobs is, is what yeah. it is. Well, at, at the same way, I will say in terms of grabbing every little tiny bit you can, I take full advantage of my PRO. Absolutely, that is, yeah. That is in a way that I, every time I get off stage, I, uh, I claim that. Yeah, so you log, I, I you log your set list, and you, you know. and then I get you know I get paid quarterly for that. Right. And at this point, if it's two hundred plus shows a year, that's not a little you know that's no. like can be a, good. That's an extra gig every quarter. But are you Even conscious? Too. Are you conscious of like like I am of like where I'm playing? Because like if I know that it's a place that probably hasn't paid their fee, I won't log that one because that's I don't want to chase them down. It. Yeah, but you, you know. I mean, it's if it's a place it's like true, yeah. if it's a place like Twilight or whatever, like I know they probably for sure. Yeah. Well, you, you type in you know, Twilight and it yeah. pops right up. You, you know. know, I have put them in before when they didn't pop up, <laughs> and <laughs> I still I put it down yeah. as a new venue. Yeah, and oh, okay, yeah, mm. and that's that's yeah. I did that Maybe. I did that one time. I did that one time, and yeah. then I heard that they had shaken them down, and I thought, I, yeah. I wonder if I'm the reason. And so I, I felt bad about <laughs> it. You know, you know, yeah, it kind of makes you like, oh, I mean, I know I probably wasn't the only one logging them, but uh, yeah, it still just made me feel kind of guilty. Yeah, because then I lost a gig, then I couldn't play. Yeah, that, you exactly. Know, so, yeah, that so would it's be like, pretty yeah. kind of See, that's how fault. I thought about it. Is like I didn't log it because most of the venues I played at weren't listed, and so I was yeah. like, well, mm-hmm. either they don't know about the whole industry side of that right or um i could get paid extra but i could also lose all of these regular gigs that i get so yeah. like i don't know yeah, where to go it's a restaurant type deal <laughs> yeah. like yeah. those kind of things yeah because like, that's they my pay better like i know yeah, if i'm at flying saucer you know those people have money like yeah. I don't, you know i don't worry about that but yeah, like yeah. like if i was to play here yeah, yeah. i'm probably not gonna put that right there, you right. know but it's it's it. I think it sucks that we have to worry about that. <laughs> you we know? do. I know. They got to worry about the people coming to break their kneecaps if you know. Well, and it's. I think it's dense for a lot of people too. I, yeah. I think a lot of places that want. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but almost every place that opens thinks they need to have live music. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. You for know, sure. at least that's, in the beginning. It's a yeah. sexist deal. Yeah. And just so many people don't. It's they don't. It's not necessarily easy for them to understand the ins and outs of it all. Right. Yeah, yeah that's right. true. Well, they just don't know. You know yeah. I mean? <clears throat> that a lot of people don't know until they get the letter in the mail. Yeah, correct. You know. Yeah. And, and what do you think the percentages of bands okay. that actually take care of logging everything? It's lower. Yeah, it's like it, it seems like it's dropping off. Look at that. Well, you know, ten years ago people would talk about it all the time. Now it's just kind of like, oh, we're going to play a gig. I don't care. Well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times it, it's down to, I mean, you know, speak against my own people here, but musicians don't tend to be the most organized lot. <laughs> so a lot of times when you go play a couple of gigs, first thing you think of is, oh, is not, you know, oh, I need to go log my songs. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. I do it because I have a little checklist, but then that's like, yeah. that's an OCD thing. Not everybody does that. Yeah. You know. Now the pro, the people who do it, you know, like you, if you're talking about doing what 200 shows a yeah. year, you know, I you're gonna do that because you're looking at every possible angle for, uh, for a buck. You know. Yeah. Right? Well, the, the goal, since the goal is to have you uh, to be paid when you're not working, right? Yeah. You that's want the mailbox money, money right, right? So <clears> since that's the goal, if you could start with your own. And then, hopefully, God willing, there's a few songs that will be released by other artists that I've written this yes. year. And, like, how do I get paid for those? Well, You're besides right. the recording, <laughs> they have to log in. Yeah. I do call them. But see, yeah. and that's kind like, of... Hey, did you log that show you played and you played my tune the other day? <laughs> and I had, I had this... 
<laughs> I got a baseball bat. I'm playing yeah. Yeah. on the PR. Yeah. Well, and you don't want to discourage somebody from playing your sharing right. your music. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. Like play it all you want, just like well, with with certain yeah. exceptions that I'm aware of. But you know, <laughs> and then what do you think about like the young bands that are coming up that play mass? Uh-huh. How many of them even know about that? Not a ton. Yeah. At all. Not, really not, not a ton. Yeah. I mean, in especially the young young ones, it's I. I've had this conversation a lot with a bunch of different people about just the the generation of 21 year olds and how they just view everything open quite a bit differently yeah. than mm-hmm. what I've always viewed it. I think it's the open source of the open open internet, right? Yeah, yeah. So if, I don't think they've known a world yeah. without it. So, so you wouldn't know that a copyright is a thing that 20 yeah. years ago somebody could have heard your tune and went and recorded it and then you just well, you think great. about yeah. you know, that's think, not a thing anymore because you had it on YouTube, and that means it's officially copyrighted. Yeah, if it pops up on the internet, it's yeah. And you know, think about this year. So, 2020, 21 years ago was 1999. That's when Napster yeah. and MP3.com and stuff like that hit. Thanks for so, pointing that <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, a kid born at that time. Here. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, a kid born at that time has known no other thing other than you know, free access, download stuff, you know, look it up on YouTube if you want it or look the it up on The 1899 Sam Goody CD doesn't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, and and what they down, well, they don't download. Whatever they stream is actually the right title for the right band. Yeah, right. <laughs> song yeah. instead of Napster. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the good old days. Yeah, like five years. It's a 50-50 shot. Is this going to be the song or not? You never know. Yeah, and you had to download it for a long time to find oh, out, yes. you know, LimeWire. LimeWire, that was mine. Yeah, that's what I used to. You come <laughs> home after school and you're like, oh, that Radiohead covered Oasis is halfway done. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, it's like we, we have, a, those of us of a certain age have a memory of having to pay for that stuff and then they just don't. And I think maybe, I don't, I don't think it's even cynicism, I think it's just, just a realism about it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to get paid very much. Well, copyright protection, I think, is a huge one. It was the scariest thing for me when I started writing and playing in public. It was like somebody approached me about a specific tune, and they're like, you better get covered. I was like, whoa, what does that mean? Like, what is this? Ass cap is a hilarious thing to say. You know, like, and we all just say it. Go on Music Road. Right. I've been in the ass cap building. Yeah. And it can be really intimidating, you know, when you yeah. start talking to people about for sure. it. And they're, you know, if you get approached by a DJ Dugan or somebody who's like, what do you have this and you have this? And you're just like, oh, crap. Like, you know, I don't know anything about what I'm doing. You know? Right, right. And it makes you feel kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. But it's the only way to do it. And I mailed, you know, wrote my lyrics out and mailed them to myself and all that stuff. Right, yeah. But the know. version of that now is literally you post the song yeah. to, to YouTube and then it has that born date, the yeah. born on date. There you, you got go. the stamp. And it took. Yeah, because I remember you had to send it certified mail yeah, to yourself. So yep. that you had a record of it, and then, you know, nobody does that anymore. No, no, it's and that's the I cheap way to do it too. Right, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right, yeah. The official way you're supposed like to file the forms and do that. And I, I only did that once, like back in '95. <laughs> do you not or send the CD to the Library of Congress anymore? Nope. Hey, hey, you can. <laughs> you can. I always did that when I sent in the whole yeah. packet. Yeah. 
papers you have to fill out. Oh, yeah. You can like still do there's that. There's probably a 19-year-old that's going to do that just because it's hip <laughs> now. Yeah, it's, right. oh, is it, they're going to bring it back. Yeah. Like, like, that. <laughs> exactly. It's like putting out an 8-track. You know, yeah. Kinda. <laughs> who, I forget who it was. Somebody locally was trying to bring back the 8-track. and uh, it, it Sounds very Nathan Brown. It might well have been. <laughs> might well have been that. And it was, it was pointed out that you can't actually buy a new 8-track player anymore, so oh, you right. have to buy an old one and fix it up. In order to get anything, so that's not going to well, Also, you know, bad ideas coming back, which is that's in vogue right now. There's a lot of bad Mistakes. ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in I, was crack, I was cracking up that they, they go down to Dreamy Life and they've got all these cassettes, you know, by local bands. It's almost like a time warp to me because yeah. I remember. Does that sound great, you know, though? Do they? Sound like tape? Well, I mean, it's yeah. They, they sound like something. It's, they do for a while, yeah. and then they start doing the, the thing. Start getting. If you overuse it, then the you get uh, the wow and flutter the and warm yeah, kind wears of stuff. Out. Yeah, but eh, you know, <laughs> I, I still get a little little warm fuzzy when I see it on this. Look, cassette. Oh man, <laughs> I you know it depends. My opinion is certainly uh, is 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 boosted by the fact that I just bought a box of tapes from Docs for 10 oh. bucks. Docs called me and said, we have a box of bluegrass tapes. You need to get down here. And I was like, I'm on my way. So I get down there. The first thing I'll tell everything's just dusty. You know, there's like so much grime. And there's VHSs on top. And I'm like, that's what you meant by tapes, right? And no, underneath those, I got 150 new in the wrapper bluegrass tapes. I bet, wow. I bet maybe 20% are online. Dang, wow. You know what I mean? They were released to cassette, nothing else. Maybe yeah, CD, that's the only... those things do not exist anywhere else. Wow. And that's pretty it cool. Was a, it's a huge archival, you know, thing, but it's also what I have in my van right now. Oh, yeah. And so we have 30 <laughs> slots in the tape carrier. So every tour, oh, nice. you, you, you keep five or six that are the go-tos, and then, you know. Yeah, absolutely. 24, 25 new tapes, and you get to unwrap them. Just like when you smell them. them. You oh, they, they smell, <laughs> the, smell great. Yeah. Still, yeah. They sound great. So. I think that's probably responsible for some of the brain damage of people my age. We've just been sniffing, sniffing tape. Sniffing tapes yeah, and glue as well. <laughs> and glue, yeah. No, can't can't fault the magic markers. No. Those were Did you think about, too. like, whoever owned those had to take good care of them for them still to be No, good. these were brand new. Brand new, but out of the heat. Yeah, right. Oh, they yeah, Docs just had them back in the just back somewhere. And just, yeah. And... Some you know they're like thirteen, fourteen bucks a piece originally. Wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is awesome, and they're great. Like there's some like I've learned a lot. Do you think they came out of like one of those carousel displays? Oh, for sure, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. Like, here they, here you go. Absolutely. Wow. They still exist at Love's Truck Stops. They're I can believe there. that. They're not tapes. Yeah, yeah tapes. Where have you seen the tapes? <laughs> uh, the Weatherford loves. Oh, the really? In Love, Duh, where have I been? Yeah, there's a little, small little rotator. It's not as big as it used to be, but... Over by the CB radio. Get, get your Alabama and your George Strait. Yeah, yeah. I don't need it. I got 150 grade. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> you got everything you need right there. So I'd, I'd had, we were talking about pay and such, and so I was introduced to a concept that I, I can't believe I didn't, hadn't really come across before. So I was talking to someone who was saying that, so when they have a band... They will, but they're like the name act on the thing, right? So it's like, you know, Simon Flory and the whatevers, you know, mm -hmm. like that sometimes when I've been in bands, I tend to just split everything, mm -hmm. you know, however many ways we got people. So if it's four people, 
So even if my name is on the thing, I still split mm -hmm. it four ways. Well, apparently it's not that uncommon for some folks to say, well, I'm the, I'm the name act, so I'm going to take a, you know, like a, a double cut and then split the rest mm -hmm. among the other folks. But then I had heard that uh, a couple of local folks were actually, so uh, Vandaliers was one of the things where they had actually not paid anybody for maybe a year or two mm -hmm. uh, to kind of just throw it into, I guess, merch and uh, things Weird. like that. And I, I, I guess it makes a bit of sense as far as, you know, being able to, but that's kind of, as, as a working musician, I think about that and I think, God, you know, that's a pretty big leap of faith, you know, oh, to say, sure. yeah. I'm going to play, the, I'm going to be the drummer for, you know, this yeah. act and not get paid for a year or two. Mm -hmm. And maybe at some point we'll start getting paid. Now, in that case, they have ended up getting paid. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Like, is that a thing that anybody That's a does? band thing. It's a rock band thing. <laughs> that does yeah. not exist in my world. <laughs> not even remotely. I get paid way less than my band almost all the time. So. Well, that's but that's because that's you're probably pressing the discs. I, I work on a rate it. system yeah. because I normally won't make enough. Mm -hmm. to cover the band and then they're working musicians and right. I was also I've also been a side guy yeah off and on for my whole career and so I know what I needed to need to leave the house right or get to Dallas or whatever and so you know I'll have just slightly different from a weekday to a weekend rate sure. and that's you can count on that but usually if it's if I make over that mm -hmm. and recently i've been paid relatively the same as everybody else yeah then i'll generally split evenly yeah unless like i took a huge hit last week and i need to recoup some of it but i sure. first thing i always do for anybody money i tell them exactly what the deal is yeah this is how much we weighed tonight this is what the deal is yeah like, absolutely because like you're just living our lives you know two digits at a time I mean, you know what i mean We're, yeah like, you might hit 100 bucks sometimes but like, i can also see the wisdom in saying you know let's do this gig for free and put this into maybe being able to press a nice uh, vinyl mm -hmm. this or maybe be able to buy a better pa or maybe being able like you know to put it into the band rather than to take home but of course you know that assumes you have other sources of money that are that are coming sure. in there's that you know, so our situation is weird like yeah. what band are you i'm in the spectacle oh okay yeah so we they've been around for 13 years i've been in the band for two and a half now okay mm. and we all have jobs yeah and so when it comes to playing shows we do just take the money and put it into whatever mm -hmm. stuff we might need down the road. Yeah. That way, when a expense does come up, like we need shirts or whatever, right? You're not going around to every band member going, "Hey, give me forty bucks because our <laughs> order is going to be, you know, one hundred and twenty bucks for these shirts." Yeah. You know, it's already there. It's right. good to go. And I haven't had any problem with that with them. Now I have been in bands where there has been a struggle or a power struggle of who gets money, when, where, and how, mm -hmm. and yeah. why. Well, started this band so i should get more right on. that's all just ego but yeah this and is this has all worked out it's been really good and we all take care of our own gear so yeah awesome. none of that comes out of the band mm -hmm. either that's good so yeah i I've, I've struggled with it because i i can i can see both ways but sometimes it's just like you know so many of us just need to pay rent you know that it's like that's it's not even a discussion <laughs> it's just like you know we there's four of us we made 400 bucks everybody was going home we're hundred bucks you know yeah. and, and, yeah. and but it's I different can also, being older too yeah it I is put that out there being older and looking at things whereas where I was in my teens and 20s and no I need drinking money I gotta pay for a tab <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay the show I need the money so I can pay the tab so I right. can get out of this building yeah you know, type yeah thing. 
Yeah, it's kind of, you know, and then I remember there was the thing where, uh, I don't know if you remember this, Amanda Palmer a few years ago had done the thing where she'd done the tour and would just have people come and play for free at the shows and people were kind of like, like yeah. you have millions of dollars <laughs> from your <laughs> <Right>. husband. <laughs> right. Like you should be able to pay these poor bastards, you know, that are coming to play, you know, on your gigs. And, you know, I've done the beer and pizza gigs too, you know, like I know mm -hmm. sometimes you just play because you just want to play it and, you know, but... I think for working musicians, that's a difficult. But I can also see the the like the Vandaliers approach is like, well, we're we're banking this into uh, a good making a good record, making good merch, making good all this, so that a couple years down the road, you know, we're able to. to they also have tattoos, matching tattoos. Well, I know, and see, that's you know. <laughs> also, that's also what I'm missing. On your experience. That's what I'm missing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what you. Yeah. Wait, should we all go get them right now? I think we should all do that yeah. right yeah. after this. We, and then we'll use the money from this podcast. I get the impression that some of y'all would do that. So, well, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Your first tattoos. I imagine. Yeah. On a Monday. No, I don't know. I I I like hearing about these different approaches that people take because it had not even occurred to me that you wouldn't just split. I mean, that's a definite long game approach. I mm -hmm. think I think Fleming is pretty persuasive. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think anyone right. that's met right. him, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, if you can do that, that's awesome. Like I've I've had a different experience with it. Just like as a solo artist, uh, I'm used to playing shows by myself, sure. and then I tried to do the band thing maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, to play my full-length album, full band, but then um, I always paid the musicians like they were my number one. Yeah. But they would kind of like come in and out, so I didn't have the same people all the time. Sure. So I had like a flat rate for everybody. Um, and normally I wouldn't get paid unless I sold merch. Yeah. yeah. Um, which not everyone really buys these days. So. And, and that's interesting, you know, to think that you you being the name on the on the thing and you're the one that doesn't get paid you know yeah. but, but again you want to take care of people yeah, you want to be wanna, like well thanks for playing they, my because they're gig. learning all of my songs like you know. I should pay them and then of course you logged it all with BMI or whatever so you, know, <laughs> you, you get know. a little back <laughs> <laughs> you get a little back oh, until shit. you reported the video <laughs> a little extra <laughs> <laughs> Shut down. Doing and, shut see down. What happens. and another sparkling jewel <laughs> so, shutters his door. <laughs> so so I, I've made the error of bringing up this topic when I have all white people on the panel, but I I, I still am gonna ask it. Uh, it is radio, you could have faked it. I well I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are gonna look you guys up and they're gonna be like, Oh, these people are cracker asses, you know. But definitely I mean Simon buying bluegrass tapes. <laughs> I think they figured it out. <laughs> But so there was a weekly article about uh, there's this clubs, several clubs in West 7th that are owned by the same guy, I think, and they've had dress code issues where oh, yeah. they post oh. things like no Timberlands, no, you know, uh, baggy pants, no what, and it's very clearly aimed, you know, at a certain demographic. And I, I noticed it when I walked in a landmark, uh, you know, they had the thing up, uh, and it's one of the clubs that was that was doing that. and. Does that seem like bullshit to y'all? Like, <laughs> yeah, where is it's, that acceptable at all? Well, part of it is so that I think it has to do with some uh, like so affiliations and the possibility of I think gang. Stuff. Well, but you could say that. I mean, like, it's I like, think that's what they say. Yeah, that's yeah. What they say. Okay. I don't say. See, like, no. I understand. Like, you'll go to different sports bars or biker bars or mm -hmm. dive 
bars and they will say no patches no colors yeah, yeah. exactly that's understandable yeah, I mean, absolutely. you're walking in with something to show that you're affiliated with a motorcycle game absolutely that's but i've seen that day, a bunch of times you know i tried to go on mass a couple of weeks ago and they wouldn't let me on because i had jordan's on and then i mean if you had just, like some dominique wilkins shoes sure that yeah. was the problem <laughs> <laughs> they just weren't nice enough. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dang it, I need to update. I need my yeah. Drexler's on. Yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything prior to Jordan 12. <laughs> but I can understand biker colors. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. right, right. And so is that what they're going for? No. Well, it's not, though, because... About? What are they know, going for? You're supposed, you're supposed to be... Well, theoretically, it's to keep gang activity yeah, out yeah. there. That's but the saying. thing is, is that, of course, you know, I know people who wear those things who are not gang members. Like, you know, they're just... Where they just like wearing Timberlands. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a pretty big brand to ban. I mean, well, those are just a pair of boots. Well, and that's and that's why it kind of stinks of like, well, but yeah. okay, who mostly wears those boots? Well, know? because it's like if a place said no, no jean jackets. Yeah, right. No Wranglers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what dudes like that's me what I want to see. <laughs> you know? It's like yes. no improbable mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> like no. <laughs> yeah. No Chuck and Taylors. Like, no. Uh, yeah, no yeah. carabiners. No Vans. <laughs> no. Yeah. No carabiners. <laughs> well, there was a story what last year, two years ago about varsity. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's one of them. These two guys were trying to walk in. One was African American. Had on. I'm going to just throw out there Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And they said he couldn't come in there. Right. So him and his buddy walked away, and he goes, you know what? Let's swap shoes. Mm. And let me walk up there and see. And mm. his buddy was white. Walked right up, and they let him right in. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. Is and that it? was I mean, right up, so. Like, you know what it is, but they won't ever say that that's what it is. And it just kind of feels dirty to me, you know I mean? And, and they'll say, you know, well, we're trying to avoid trouble with it. But that also assumes that trouble has a color like I've like I've yeah, right, I've right. been way more scared at places that have been full of white dudes who were looking 100 who were looking to start some shit Absolutely. <laughs> like you can tell you can tell when you go in somewhere if there's kind of that atmosphere of like something bad could happen in mm-hmm, here mm-hmm, tonight you mm-hmm. know so why are you and, taking like at the door why are you trying to take care of the problem why don't you take care of the problem on the floor well the this club? is mm-hmm. yes, why don't mm-hmm. you have security in there mm-hmm. taking care of the scene I think so some of that is that West 7th thing, though. Like, they they have a certain image they want to put across, uh, you know, and it needs, they, it's supposed to be, like, middle well, class, you know. Kung Fu's down there, and didn't they have a big <laughs> yeah. thing in Dallas? <laughs> they did. I mean, they did. Right. It's, yeah. it makes you wonder, like, did you guys choose that location because uh, yeah. well, <laughs> everybody else question. is yeah. your mindset? Yeah, it's, it's just kind of goofy, and I, I don't I, – I, I hate – I need to have this. <laughs> I need. I need to have this discussion when I have. It's, it's like when I when I was having uh, discussions about the Taruno thing, and it was all it was all dudes on the panel. It's like you know, like well, we don't know. <laughs> you know? It's like right. you know, it's. it's yeah. I, I think I probably need to have a have some folks in who have experienced that sort of thing. But it, it to me, it's it stinks. You know. I, me, yeah, I, I think uh, I I forgot how you phrased it, but it's like. I think we all know what that really is. They, yeah. they can say what they're trying to do is A, but we know it's B. I well, mean. it would be kind of like, you know, no Greta Thunberg shirts. You know, like if you did that, you know, like you'd be clear. <laughs> well, have you ever been not allowed into a club? Have you ever gone through no, that? No. Yes, from being highly intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> that's one reason. Okay, well, I, I understand that. That's what I'm yeah. <laughs> What was it for? Um, 
I was one of those four-letter word douche clubs over in Dallas, like <laughs> Lush or, I don't know, Blush or something. I don't know. Diesel. Something like that. You weren't? But I had Chuck Taylor's on. Oh, really? I had Chuck Taylor's on, brand new. And that was not acceptable, And they would not let me in. Are you serious? Wow. Dead serious. I valeted my car. The valet drove off with my car, walked up to the door. The door guy said no. Valet came running back to my keys and said, guess what? You're going to go back and get it. Wow. Did you put on your Jordans? No, I didn't have them at that time. It would have fixed everything. But yeah, for Chuck Taylor's, I couldn't get into... One of those clubs. My gosh. It's Wait. like, is a dress code, but like for, you had to be dressed up. Yeah. I yeah. I to Phil Collins once and he wrote a record about it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, he covers all kinds of life experiences in his work. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I, I know that when you open a place, and you, you probably know this, I mean, when you're open a place, you do kind of have a picture in mind of like, who's going to come to your place, you know? And I've had people, I've known people who've opened a club and maybe it was just in the wrong location. You know, and they don't get who they think they're going to get. But if you're a smart business person, you go, okay, well, then this is who's here. Let's cater to who's here. Like if you wanted to open a rock club, but nobody came to hear rock at that club, but they would come to see a country act, well, maybe you'd switch it to playing country acts. Yeah. You know? I mean, no, you know, and so the same thing, like, well, you know, if you think you're going to get, uh, you know, one group of people, but then you end up getting bikers, or you end up getting, mm-hmm. some, you know, like, you know, Fred's did that for a long time. They, they had the, the bikers in there with it. They probably not anymore, but, uh, you know, it was just kind of everybody knew who, who was there, and you didn't have to worry. But, but sometimes you don't know. It's like, it's like you don't build the, si- you build the sidewalk thinking that's where people are going to walk, but then they end up, you get these mm-hmm. paths that go off of the sidewalk, and, and uh, venues seem to have an organic thing about them where, they become what they're going to become over a long period of time. Uh, I, mean, I, was, I, I often invoke the grotto, but that's, that was kind of that type of place. It was like yeah. you kind of knew that there would be musicians in there, you know, and there was no particular reason for that. It was just that tended to be the deal, and Tin Panther kind of had the same type of deal. Mass, I think, has a similar feel right now, you know. It's like... Yeah, it's kind of a neighborhood hanging away. I mean, but... I mean, but we there's tr- a fair number of musicians in there, partially because of the record shop, but even before that. Exactly. You know. And I'm, we try and do a little bit of everything just because, you know, I mean, if you're going to try and stay open and be something to the community, you yeah. can't just be one thing. Right. You know, you gotta, you got to do a little bit of everything. And that's why I ask a lot of people a lot of different things, because if one person is booking a venue, it's going to get super stale. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you just... You open it up to a lot of people that have different ideas, and you get a more well-rounded right. sort of. I mean, and I know venues are different from like, like West Seventh clubs. Sure, or, sure. You know, I. But well, they are, but I don't know that they need to be. You know, I mean, like if you yeah, maybe you got Magnolia that. Motor Lounge, you got Fred's, you got. I mean, there's places down there that have. Oh, I meant like. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Club. That's not <laughs> dance clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not having. Doesn't have DJ. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of, well, you know, we had, I used to play Sue Ellen's over in, in Dallas, and, you know, they would have, the band would be upstairs, and then they'd have the dance party downstairs, and you would kind of just see where everyone was going to gravitate, it would depend on what you were there for, you know. And somebody has yeah. an identity crisis at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the dance party, and like, you know, I'm not feeling this, I'm going to go see a live band, or, you know, or vice versa happens, you know, I guess you'd have options, mm-hmm. you know, because I've done the thing where I've 
I don't know who's playing at a particular place. And I'll go, oh, let's just go into, into such and such. And then you find out, hey, I'm not really into what, you know, what is going down here. I, you know, maybe I respect what they're doing, but it's not my thing. Yeah. And, you know, you go, and I'm not one of those that'll walk up and go, hey, can you play the thing right. that I wanted to come in here and hear? You know, like, it's, I know people do that. Can you adjust to my evening, <laughs> yeah, my expectations of this evening? It's like the guy that hollered Slipknot at me, you know, all night long. It's like, you know, mm. that's not going to happen. <laughs> and you really don't want it to happen either. I'm sorry that happened. Like if I well, <laughs> I got I got you were wearing a mask. I have damage, you know. <laughs> that would have been great. Turn around, put a mask on. Here we go. You, you just yell. Are you gonna pay for my therapy? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, no. That's yeah. Nobody pays for musicians' therapy. <laughs> that's 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 a gig by gig uh, payment plan that you <laughs> get as much that's as what possible. PBR is for. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think as musicians too, you kind of you're you're conscious of where you're at. You know, when you kind of tailor your set to, I, I do sure. anyway, you know, like if I'm at Shaw's, I'm probably going to play a slightly different set than if I play at, uh, you know, Mass or something. It's going to be a different, and and I, I don't think that's selling out. I think that's just kind of reading the audience, honestly, yeah. you know. But I, yeah, I, I've always thought that. I have, over the years, run into people that were very hard, like, I'm going to do what I do. Yeah. Every time. And I can I can respect I that. I can respect that, but I also think it's it, especially if you want to really make a living off of it sure. where it's 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 almost more about sustaining yourself now in your career than it is yeah. about like pop. Sure. You know? Well, you if you are trying to build an image for sale to a higher entity, let's say, you know, to a label or some kind of thing. Uh, yeah, you might want to just stick to the thing that, that you've that honed and you've, you've made it work. And maybe you just find places that aren't going to be conducive to that, you know, and, and find that out in the middle of the gig and have to just grit your teeth through it anyway. Yeah. But, or if you're versatile and you can say, well, let's see what happens if I pull this out, you know, and do something different. And um, that's easier to do as a solo act than it is with a band when you've rehearsed a set, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Or well, if you're a heavy band. Yeah. Well, if, you're, if you're in a heavy band, you're just heavy. <laughs> There's just nothing you can do about it. You can't just like go and play a Don Williams song or something. Yeah, you know, like just, that's just strip it gonna... down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how this audience is going to be. Well, I, I thought it was funny because I've had, I kind of did an extreme version of that many years ago when I didn't have a day job and I was trying to get as many. So I would do like a country set for a country place and I would do like a rock set for a rock place. And then I found that I had two completely different groups of people who would <laughs> see me at those places because they didn't realize that one, I kind of was living two separate lives with that type of thing. And, and some of us who are in multiple bands have that situation too. Like I'm in Shotgun Friday, which is more of a hillbilly thing, but then I do the Matthew Show, which is more of a pop rock thing. And those things, you know, there's some... Do you ever find if somebody sees you, like... Doing sometimes, the other one, like, or the confu- Do they? Have there is a moment of confusion sometimes. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, what, what, what was that? You know, they're like, wait, I can't pigeonhole you. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when they, you know, looking at, and I'm playing bass for Joe Savage or something, you know, and they're just kind of like, oh, is it? You're that's the guy that I saw at the other thing. But Fort Worth is like that though. Like, you know, you see people all the time who are like, they play one thing in one band and one thing in another, and and yeah. uh, it's very incestuous in that way. <laughs> but it's kind of. I think it's just the story of a small town. I mean, I say small. We're smaller than Dallas, but, you know, 
It's really. where, where the West begins. Well, yeah. And I, I'm reminded of that. Sometimes I think of Fort Worth as being a small place, but I spent, I've been going out to like Marfa and Alpine out there, and I realized just what a small scene is. You know, there's like 10 bands that, you know, kind of you can rotate through yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis who actually live out there and are able to, you know, do the thing. We, as a, as a in contrast, have a huge amount of diversity that actually we didn't have even 20 years ago. I mean, I think the amount of uh, different acts that you can see at different places these days is pretty, it's pretty huge. I now. think it's mm. extremely healthy. I mean, I, I think I got here eight years ago and I was, mm. even then I was surprised by how much there was. Yeah. I, I was very surprised. Well, something changed. I moved to New York in 02 and I was kind of dissatisfied with what was going on around here. But when I came back in 06, it seemed like something had kind of shifted. And I don't know what happened in that interim, but um, since then it's kind of just done nothing you but still. I changed. That's true. <laughs> I did change. But that was, still, that was not all of it, though. There was a dry-up period. Yeah. There was a pretty decent dry-up period. Yeah. And, and things, it's like, it was weird. Everybody wanted to play away from Fort Worth. Yeah. And then there were some venues that started popping up that brought things back into Fort Worth. Yeah. And it just gradually grew and grew and grew. I think they got, well, so I, we noticed, uh, went down to Austin recently and we're walking down 6th Street. And there was hardly anybody out. And it oh, everybody's east. scared the hell out of me because I, I remember going down there and you could barely walk, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, kind of before I start lamenting it, I realized that like Deep Ellum had that happen a few years ago oh, where it yeah. got to where yeah. no one would go down there. And then now you can hardly, you know, if you, it's insane. Yeah, it's, you can't even park or anything. I mean, it's, it's, personal <laughs> <laughs> you know, but even 10, 15 years ago, that, right. that was not the case. Right. And, but then you go back 10 years before that and you had the, you know, it was, so maybe, maybe these things just go through cycles. I've seen Ellen yeah. go through that cycle three times in my life. Yeah, right. Because the first time I played down there, I was 15. Yeah. I played Trees at 15. Mm-hmm. And it was bustling punk, mm-hmm. industrial scene down there. Right. It was all cool. Then it died off. Yeah. And then it came back up into like a rock, um, more like when the whole Tripping Daisy aspect, right. that era. Then it fell out. Then hip hop moved in and it dropped it off again. Right. And now we're back up. Yeah. what we are now yeah. so I think it's just a cycle yeah and everything it make, goes through a cycle it makes you wonder about Fort Worth sometimes you know like you know if we're going to have periods like that like how long does West 7th last how long does uh, uh, Magnolia last you know I mean you would hope that it would hang on for a long time but then again maybe sometimes things dying off leads to new things you know coming up people who can actually afford the rent yeah yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, don't, I only moved forward two years ago. And when we moved into that area, it was, I was excited because it was like, it is, it was nostalgic for me and it felt like where I've always lived and had lost in Austin. Yeah. It was incredible taquerias and every other kind of urea you could think of. <laughs> Tortilleria, enchiladeria, the fruiteria, and the papuseria. Yes. And, uh, and to have that build up around that at the same time and have a place like The Post move in where right. I can walk to go see Jack, Gremlin Jack Elliott on a Tuesday? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, yeah. This is absolutely incredible. But so, you know, like a couple of years ago, that wouldn't absolutely. have been... Well, it, and you know. That's when I moved there. There's there nothing on that street. And right. to have that move in, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm not, I'm not crying foul on all the, the 
condos that are popping up because that's why we also have the post and the right because they're things. yeah they're trying to th fantastic yeah so. and I, I go back and forth because I you know when I see a new condo development going up mm -hmm. a part of me kind of goes oh god you know right I mean, you know, I'm gonna get priced out of the you know, neighborhood because right, exactly. but then again I, without that growth maybe we don't get as many paying gigs you know I don't know. You know I don't know yeah. if that's the thing. But there's quite a bit of give and take. I think the initial reaction is the Ugh. right, but <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm no developer, no city no. planner type person, but yeah, I think you're right. There, there is a need, or it it does provide something. It does. Um, well, if nothing else, it provides people buying drinks and and clubs. You know, uh, I mean, if that's what they're doing, you know, I mean, uh, some people some people don't contribute to the live music economy. You know, I understand that, but I think that a fair number of them do, even if accidentally, even if they're just at a restaurant and there happens yeah. to be a guy playing, you know. Um, it's a, I, I think it's kind of one of those uh, balanced situations because you don't want to get to the point where it's so expensive to live because you get, then you get Austin where, you know, you, you kind of end up running a lot of the musicians out because you can't afford to, to live there anymore. And uh, I don't think we're there here. Not even point, close. But, yeah. Because they're, everybody can afford rent like you can't afford rent somewhere near town and if it's not right. near town you could live a whopping 15 minutes away in a different town and the traffic's <laughs> fine right. and yeah. it, part of that is our infrastructure is sound it's big it's like you can move around in the city and and in, into the outskirts and that's that's all that's all a great thing but the biggest the biggest difference to me is the community and the community aspect sure. everybody lifting each other up Let's show up to Fort Worth and people are like, oh, you got an idea? How can I help? What? That's yeah. like a totally different feel than a place that has um, has the issue of everybody really grabbing for like grasping at straws well, that they can't, you know, make a dime or even feel any sort of success. And that was my so, New York experience was that yeah, everybody right. was kind of grasping for the brass ring in yeah. town and every third guy on a bar stool had a master plan to make it happen. Yeah, and you kind of, it gets a little old after a while. And uh, I think Dallas has a bit of that. There seems to be a lot more kind of cutthroat competition mm -hmm. between uh, acts over there than there is here. And, you know, that might, maybe that's, uh, I don't know, maybe that's just because there's more opportunities over there, or maybe it's just a. I think it's always thing. been more of a script town, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's been a little more New York and LA. Right. For It's a new town, too. I mean, know, watch I the mean, opening credits to Dallas. There's like <laughs> six buildings in the town. <laughs> and Fort Worth has been around since the Indian Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it's real deal. Like, this is, right. this is like an established culture, you know, for a lot of times better sometimes worse but right. an established culture that is you show up and it's not really get line brother you know but it's it, it is sort of like oh i see how y'all are doing this right. and i like it you know yeah the, you know no, I, I think this i mean having having grown up here and kind of seen a lot of the different changes i think this is the best time to be here mm -hmm. that that i've ever seen you know, and then there's the little voices back there that say, but then, you know, how long is that going to last, you know? <laughs> you know sure. I mean, Austin was that town 30 years ago. Providence right. was that town, what, yeah. 15 years ago. I mean, yeah. Nashville was that town 10 years ago. It's like living yeah. in a sweet spot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, right. That's you kind of just have to enjoy it while, while you got it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, hope. But what else do you enjoy about the town? It's not just about that, too. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's my big thing around here. Like well, the fact that I can still talk to somebody that I met eight years ago when he moved here and then I moved here like that, you know, yeah. every weekend in Austin is a, is a welcome to Austin or a 
goodbye yeah. party because yeah. everybody's coming and going. In average, right. I think life cycle there is like three. That's good for the bar scene. That's like having an album release every night. Right. <laughs> but still, that's it's just true. great around here having my, well, and like you said, where you come to town and you say, I've got this idea, and people are like, oh, cool, let's talk mm-hmm. about it, instead of, oh, cool. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take your <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. How much success was that idea, did you have with that idea in your last town? Because that's a really big thing in those yeah. other cities where if you're big in, you know, Minneapolis, like, you should move to Austin. Like, if you've mm. already conquered the, the, the little smaller market, you can go there. Well, we still have the crazy. kind of, we still kind of have the pilgrimage trail from here to Nashville that happens sure. every yep. so often. You know, people yep. will go and try to try their hand at it. And some of them, some of them get the Marin Morris thing, and some of mm. them are, you know, like, Ansley's still kind of fighting it out out there. But that's a local people, scene you know. now. That's different than even when, five years ago when Marin Morris was going there. Right. It's, it's just a different scene because East Nashville wasn't a scene until, well, you know that because you lived there last, right? Yeah, like it felt like a large town. Yeah, and I lived there, I, I, I couch surfed, I should say, when you were there <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago, yeah. or whatever, eight or 10 years ago, I was also couch surfing then, and it was, and I had my choice, do I move to Nashville or do I move to Austin? And I was like, mm. you know, it's like nothing is going on here except for the jerks and like the ass caps, but <laughs> no, but it was like, you know, it was like it was like these people with the the, the shiny teeth and uh, right. nothing else. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, I got decent teeth. <laughs> I'd like to bring up, like, yeah, yeah. going back to the West Seventh and Magnolia. Yeah. I think we have people that are looking over those areas that are taking good care of it. Sure. Uh, since I've lived here, Magnolia was when I was young scary. Oh yeah, you didn't scary want to be down there after dark. Hell. But now it's it's been a gradual ramp up. Yeah, and it's I've been proud of them actually for doing it's, what they've done down there. You no, know, it's beautiful down there. It's I ran an o- I ran an open mic down there in '96, and, and uh, it was me and the Tumbleweeds and uh, vagrants. You know, it was at? <laughs> at the Dog Star when they at moved Dog it Star, from. Yeah. Uh, they briefly moved it from Barry over there. My but, high school years were spent at um, uh, what King Tut took over. Oh yeah. I can't even think of what uh, the. Um, Freaking so engine room and all uh, that. Mad Hatters. Mad Hatters, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, like, you could count the number of clubs at that time on a maybe a hand. <laughs> no, they were not yeah. that many. And then if you were really brave, you'd come <clears throat> down here to Engine Room or the Impala on yeah. the, right here on Vickery. I still talk to people who uh, blame. There was one particular show, and I can't remember who it was, but I know at least 15 people who have tinnitus uh, <laughs> probably from that yeah, show from because that. people were just. You know, it was just ridiculous sometimes in, the, in that place. But, you know, I, I think we all kind of have entered, we've all entered at different points, you know, like some of us are from here, some of us are not, but I think the fact that we're all kind of conglomerating right now speaks something to, to forward having something at the moment. I hope that continues. I would like for it to. Yes, me too. <clears throat> um, if the folks who are listening wanted to find out more about your adventures, uh, Dustin, where would they go on the interwebs to do that? Um, Photography-wise, it's Plastic Object Photography. Um, for the podcast, it is uh, jerryjonestownmassacre.com. And uh, we'll put a little shout-out this week. Uh, me and Matt are going out of town. Um, so, filling in our spot, we're having the pilot episode of Fort Worth Famous. Yes. That features uh, Susie Ramone and Ivy Anderson. Very nice. So <laughs> if you go by there this week, jerryjonestownmassacre.com or on any of your podcast listening apps, uh, 
just look us up and this week is uh, their pilot episode check it out very awesome cool if we wanted to find out more about the, your um, massfw.com is the website for Maine and Southside, and then spoontickets.com, that is S-P-U-N-E, tickets, yes. that's where all those shows are. Very nice. What about Miss Simone Nicole? Where do we go? Um, just simonenicole.com has all of my links to music and videos and uh, social media stuff. Very cool. Yeah. And Simon Flory. Same for me. Simonflory.com. Very nice. Well, one thing we like to do here on the barbershop is have a local artist cover a local artist. Uh, Simon Flory has agreed to do cover for local I'm the only one doing it? Yeah. Are you doing it? I did one last time. She did one last time. So you're you're up. (laughs) (laughs) I have to. (laughs) Now you got to do it. (laughs) Now? We did in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to do? I'm going to do a Summer Dean song. Oh, good, good. Okay. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine, um, and uh, kind of my link, one of my links from Austin to here. We became friends down in Austin. Very cool. Um, And eventually ended up playing in her band for a couple of years, touring together, traveling together, and writing for her. So she does some of my tunes as well. That's awesome. Does she log them on there? (laughs) I need to talk about that after this. Checklist. All right. Make sure to uh, support our uh, sponsor, Lee's Book and Tea Shop, where we've been recording this. They have fine teas. They have fine books. They have a very comfortable atmosphere. Uh, Make sure to find us on the Face Space uh, Barbershop Fort Worth. This here is Simon Flory, and we'll see you next time.
jukebox plays fair and she starts to think if fair and young were here right now he'd buy me a drink clean up clowns well, if they only knew oh she's a clean clown Shop is sponsored by Lee's Book and Tea Shop. Visit them at 120 St. Louis Avenue in Fort Worth. 